going to go ahead and get us started. Um, there's nothing to report out of closed session. So I'm going to, we're moving on to item six, 6.1, public comment general. This public comment opportunity is governed by the state of California Brown Act. By definition, this is an opportunity to listen to concerns, perspectives, and differing vantage points. The board is not able under the Brown Act to engage in any level of conversation or discussion, but we look forward to this opportunity to listen to community input. At this time, we will the board will devote up to a total of 15 minutes for comments to the Board of Trustees regarding any subject not appearing as an agenda item for this meeting, but over which the board has jurisdiction. The public may ask the board to place an item related to the business of the district on a future board agenda. No action or discussion will occur at this time on such items and individuals will be limited to a five minute presentation. Uh, I do have one speaker. Welcome back, Patty, Patty McCarty. And topic to be addressed is our final budget format. Thank you. Hi, my name is Patty McCart, and I am a Napa Valley College retiree and a community member. Public speaking makes me a little nervous, so I'll be reading my thoughts to you. I'm here tonight to request that the college revise the format of the final budget document. Let me explain what has led me to make this request. A few months ago, Patty, I read an- I'm sorry, can you, can you move the mic down to you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Short. It's Thank gonna be you. clear, we won't be able to tell what it says. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Can you hear me now? Yes. yes. All right. Thank you. Uh, a few months ago, I read a newspaper article stating that Peralta Community College District was at high risk of insolvency. The state's fiscal crisis and management assistance team reported that on a scale of 100, where anything over 40% means trouble, Peralta was excessively high at 69.9%. The report identified the following problems. Lack of adherence to policies and procedures, high number of administrators, declining enrollment down to 20% since 2015, increased staff levels, creating an unsustainable budget, vacant positions and untrained staff in the finance department, poor communication resulting in a head in the sand culture. Knowing that declining enrollment has become an issue for community colleges across the state, it made me wonder how Napa Valley College was faring and if any of the problems at Peralta might also be an issue at MVC. To better inform myself, I attended the final budget forum held on campus. After listening to the presentation, I realized that information that had historically been included in the final budget was no longer there. Specifically, prior year actual revenue and expenditures and the fund balance, also known as the reserve. After some research, I discovered that the change in the format began with the 2016 budget year. It's 2016-17, sorry. The current presentation of the final budget compares the prior year budget to the new year budget, but no actual prior year income and expense amounts are provided. So the comparison is of two plans, but does not address if the college was able to meet the goals of the prior year plan. Since the information that I was looking for was not included in the presentation, I searched both the NVC and Chancellor's Office websites. As you can see on the spreadsheet that I have provided, when comparing the budget and actuals for the last three years, some trends in the data emerge. For the last three years, income projections have exceeded actual income by a total of $3.7 million. 
approximately 1.5 million in 2016-17, 1.2 million in 2017-18, and 1 million in 2018-19. Salaries have been consistently under budgeted, yet the budget for 2019-20 is only 150,000 more than the actual expenditures for 2018-19. Expenditures have exceeded revenues for the last three years. The fund balance of 15% in 2016-17 is projected to be reduced to 8.5% by the end of 2019-20. Enrollment has declined more than 15% from the 2015-16 to 2018-19, with more than half of the decline attributed to this last year. Projected actual income and expense amounts are included in the tentative budget, which is presented in June. However, those amounts don't seem to be very meaningful as they closely mirror the budget and don't seem to reflect actual information which should be available at that point in the fiscal year. Including prior year actual income, expenditures, and fund balance information on the final budget seems to be standard practice. Solano, Santa Rosa, and Marin all include this data. In fact, Santa Rosa includes two prior years and Marin includes three. Is there a reason that the Napa Valley College budget format was changed and no longer includes this information? The narrative portion of the final budget states that the MVC Board of Trustees require that the fund balance be at least 12%. As you can see, that goal has not been reached since 2016-17 and is not expected to be reached in 2019-20. As you know, the Chancellor's Office requires the fund balance to equal a minimum of 5% of expenditures. For the 2019-20 budget, that would equal approximately $2.2 million. The current fund balance is $3.8 million. Although a cushion of $1.6 million seems like a lot, it should be noted that there was a decline of $2 million over the last two years. I would also like to share that after I created my spreadsheet, I discovered a report on the Chancellor's Office website titled Analysis of Selected Data from the Annual Financial and Budget Report. The information in this report is very similar to and verifies my spreadsheet. I have only attached the first page, but there is additional information contained in the full report, such as data regarding FTS and the 50% law that the college may find useful. In the interest of transparency, I think it's very important that a student, college employee, community member, and especially a trustee be able to see a complete and accurate picture of the college finances at a public meeting, such as the final budget forum or a board of trustees regular meeting. A search of other documents and websites should not be necessary to access such information. As you can see, historical actual income, expense, fund balance amounts, and FTS counts are crucial to spotting trends, favorable and unfavorable. It is my hope that the district will analyze and use this, this data as they move forward with important planning and budget decisions. Therefore, I'm asking the Board of Trustees to please consider revising the presentation of the final budget to include this information. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Patty. Is there anyone else in the public that would like to address the board at this time? Do not have any other speaker cards. Okay. At this point, we are going to move to our presentation uh, 7.1. This is an update on our student housing project. 
David Martin with the Martin Group and Jeff Bakirin from HPI Architects will be presenting this evening. Welcome, you guys, and thank you. So uh, we're to, um, here to give you an update from our efforts over the last 30 days. Um, we've been spending time with our engineers and architects um, and, and, and the staff um, developing this plan that you'll see this evening. Uh, we're looking forward to you know, answering your questions that you may have and getting your feedback. And then um, after this evening, we're, we'll then the next step will be to then turn this, you know, these plans over with you know, your modifications included to the contractors to get the uh, economic modeling done to hopefully be back to you uh, next month, uh, which is, is we know is going to be tight with given the holidays. So there may, there is a, there's a small chance we may need to bring it to the January meeting instead of the December meeting, but we're going to try hard to make the December meeting. So um, with that, I'd like to introduce uh, Jeff Akron from HPI, and he's going to describe uh, not only his firm, but the plan and, and see if we can answer your questions. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm Jeff Bakirin uh, with HPI Architecture, uh, design director there, been there since about 2006. A uh, little firm history, um, we've, we've been around for the last 30, 40 years now. Um, we focus in our energy in two markets, specifically um, higher education, and specific to that, we do a lot of community college work. The majority of it is community college work. Our other sector is housing, where we do um, senior housing as well, and that. We currently have two uh, student housing projects on a community college campuses underway right now. One of them is at OCC Community College in Southern California. That's about 820 beds, and we're that one's in construction right now. And we're currently wrapping up design on the student housing at Santa Rosa Junior College. That one's approximately 380 beds. Both of those projects went through DSA. Um, so again, uh, we're, we're very familiar with the community colleges and, this, and the housing process that we need to go through here. So um, with that, I'd like to jump right into the design and, and walk you through where we are with this, as David mentioned. Um, what you're seeing up on the screen right now, again, is just really uh, preliminary conceptual um, plans for the, for the housing project. Just to give, get you oriented here, um, this is the main highway, if you could see up there on the screen. That's the main highway. The retail center is actually up here, up towards the top. And then the performing arts building is kind of off here and off to the left of the, the screen here. But really, this is that main entry drive with that turnaround circle that you come around through. So what you're seeing up here is we've, we've divided the um, project into two sides. On the left side, we have what we're calling the dorm building. That's about three stories right there. And on the right side, these are all the apartment units over here. Okay, and then what we're looking at is surface parking for both of them. There'll be, some, there'll be a little bit of surface parking for the dorms over here, and the majority of the parking really starts to happen up here around that turnaround. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and walk right into, oh, and just so you know, just so you understand, this is really not representative of the actual architecture. It's not what the building's going to look like. It's really just a massing study to, to show you how big it is on the site. Okay, so if we go to the site plan, Again, this is Napa, Napa Valley Highway down here, Performing Arts Building. Um, the way we've organized it, again, we have the dorm building to the left. We have the apartment building to the right. We are showing some small courtyards that are private and secured uh, towards the back of the building here. We are also showing uh, private courtyards off to the right where the apartment buildings are. 
The way you would get to this site is, uh, or the way a pedestrian would come through here, is off of the courtyard by the Performing Arts Building. So there's actually an accessible ramp back here that you'd come down. And this is an existing pathway that comes along the back of the road here, this service road. And what we're proposing is that you can tie in either to this side towards the apartment building, or you can tie in to the dorm building through this way. And we do understand there's traffic that occurs around this that, that's heavily used, so we're also exploring alternatives as to how to get uh, students safely across those, those roads. Okay. As I mentioned, this is the majority of the parking up here. I believe we're, we're showing somewhere 530 additional parking stalls, um, somewhere in that neighborhood between the two sites. Um, what else we show here? We are looking at some other improvements. We're, we're looking at right now, this is where the current bus stop is. The existing um, little bus shelter is there. So we are leaving that in the plans for the, for the time being. Um, some monument sign here as well. And uh, we're really respecting where all those uh, sort of the, the wetlands or the riparian areas are. So what you're seeing in green are those existing riparian areas. This is where that creek goes, so we're trying to stay right out outside of that creek as well that, that passes through the site. Okay, so I'll give you a real quick um, run through on how the, this is the apartment building. Again, the plan's kind of rotated 90 degrees here. That road that goes to the traffic circle runs now horizontally down here. So the way we're doing this, you would come in to an entry court off to the, off to the bottom left over here. This is sort of that main lobby, and what we're doing is this entire comp, this entire building, all four of these buildings, are are controlled at one secure um, checkpoint here. So as you enter into this main lobby here, you would have a security desk, and then from that from that point, you can go um, into wherever your unit is through corridors. All the while, you're passing through some other common spaces. Um, this entire courtyard, again, is all secure, so this whole thing can be secured off. There's a, um, a lot of different uses that you can do in here. Again, there's, there's a lot, we're showing a large green in the middle for student use. Um, if there's families that we're, we're providing for spaces for families or students that might have families in there. Um, what we're showing in the plan, basically everything in purple right now is sort of the common areas. And I think that's one of the highlights of the design is really what we tried to do was get those common areas um, in the, in the special locations where they can be visible as you're uh, approaching the, the campus, as you drive into the site. So right over here where the main highway is, we've created this sort of common area. It's a study lounge. It's sort, sort of like an open area where students can hang out. And the idea is that you can see this from, from the highway as you're approaching into the campus there, and you can see the activity going on in there. Everything in here that you're starting to see in sort of this uh, I guess it's reddish, pinkish color here. Those are all one-bedroom apartments, um, and we'll go into the. We'll, we'll show you plans as well of each unit type, and then we have two-bedroom units. That's all this sort of dark blue area, and we have a few uh, three-bedroom units off to the side over here, and then this area over here is this is all studio apartments. So these are sort of the smaller units over there. These three buildings right now are all connected by bridges, so they connect right over here. They connect up here at the top and then they connect back in here as well. This one currently is not connected with a bridge, but you know, that's, that's, if desired, that's something that we could also look at. But the idea is really that you know, if these are the studio um, apartments, that perhaps that's a separate little kind of island out there, um, and, and that space can be programmed differently, whether it's you know, students or, and you keep, if that's more the younger students, or maybe you have the more uh, students with families might be off to this side surrounding the, the courtyard. Um, we're showing right now um, 
I believe we have uh, laundry. We have laundry services in here. We're showing game rooms in the plan. Uh, we have various study lounges and quiet study rooms. Um, we have mail services in here, and we have obviously elevators connecting all these buildings together. Is there anything else you want to add to that, David? Okay. So I'm going to show you real quick what those units look like. Again, um, it's a mix of studios, one bedrooms, two bedrooms, and three bedrooms. Basically, this top row up here is showing sort of the maximum uh, bed layout, if you will. So you have a studio right here that could potentially have two beds in it. That studio can also be set up just to have a single bed in it, if so desired. And then same thing with the one bedroom. This top one shows that if you want to have two beds into a single room with a living space and a kitchenette over here, you can do two bedroom, two beds in that. Or it can also be set up to have a single bed just for one person in there. Um, again, it's just a kitchenette over here. There's a bathroom. Uh, there's a living area. Uh, same thing on the studio. Sorry, that's a little kitchenette over there and a little bathroom. And that could be set up as more of a living space. When we get to the two bedrooms, um, we have basically a bedroom off to the left and a bedroom off to the right, and then a living space in the middle with a small dining area and a kitchen kitchenette in there. Um, each, each of those bedrooms has its own uh, bathroom off, off of it. And again, that could be set up um, in a number of ways. You can max it out and put four beds in this whole unit. You could put two beds, you could put three beds. It really just depends who's renting the unit and how many they want to get in there. And then we have also a three-bedroom unit over here, um, very similar. We have one, two, three bedrooms with a living space, and then a kitchen, kitchenette over here, and then sort of two bathrooms off of each side. And these are the apartment ones. And again, they have potential for even balconies and things on this too. So, okay. Uh, moving over to the dorm building. So this is the opposite side of the road now from where those apartments were. Again, here's the main highway. Here's the main entry drive in here and that existing turnaround. Um, as we mentioned before, you'd be, you'd be, we have to uh, look at how we're circulating back and forth to the campus across this main road in a safe way. But you would be coming in from uh, campus over here. You can, uh, you, the main entry is actually at the center of this building right now. So again, uh, security is really important on this. What we're doing is one secured entry point at the main lobby. You'd come in, you have a, a security desk, and then what we're showing here is actually a sort of a private secured patio back here that you can get out from, from that lobby space. Uh, on, this, on this building in particular, it's basically two unit types. The first unit type is more of a traditional dorm style. And that, can, that doesn't have a bathroom in it, but you can have either one or two beds in that, in that dorm, traditional dorm. And then over here on the other side are what we're calling semi-suites. And those are basically two rooms that share a private bathroom. And that can be set up where you have either uh, one, uh, one bed on each side or you can have two beds on each side for a total of four. Same thing, um, we're, we're looking at amenities throughout the, the whole building. This one's three stories, so we have, what we're doing is we're doing, again, those sort of uh, active lounges on the ends of this building. So this would bookend the other side of the site, and we have a, a 3D model that will show you how that starts to look in context. But again, really that's the idea, is that you get these sort of active spaces off to the end that you see as you, as you come into the, into the building. This wing being all studios, um, or traditional dorms, excuse me, and not having their own private bathrooms would have a common bathroom area. And that's, uh, again, it's how it's programmed, whether it's male, female, co-ed, that's, that's really up for discussion and up to the college how they like to see that program. But that's what we're showing here is a, co a common bathroom and shower area over here. 
On the upper floors, we have communal kitchens um, for students to use. We have game rooms. We have quiet study lounges and, and very similar things to the, uh, to the apartment side. And again, it's limited parking. Again, we're trying to stay out of the existing riparian area where the creek is. Um, so we were able to get, um, we tried to get some surface parking over here, but again, the majority of the parking is going to happen up on the apartment side. These are those two unit types. I know they're really small on the screen. I apologize, but uh, this is the studio here. Again, it can be um, furnished with either one or two beds. This is the semi-suite, and this has a shared bathroom right in the middle. And again, you can have either one or two beds on each side of this semi-suite. Okay. And I think that's, that's about it. Let me just add, uh, on the, all of these floor plans that we've been using are, came from the Scion report. Um, what, we, what we've done when the plan is to take the, the research that was done by Scion on what the demand was for each different unit type. And so we've matched the, the mix in the project you're seeing today falls within side the four corners of the Scion report. Uh, one of the reasons that's important is that um, when the bond underwriter gets ready to sell the bonds for the project, they need to be able to go to the, to the buyers of the bonds and show that there, there is a defined demand. There's research that's done around each of those unit types. So uh, we, we've stayed inside the four corners of the sign report uh, with, this, with these plans and the, and the proposed unit mix that you see here. And then lastly, I just wanted to pull up our 3D model of this thing just so you can kind of get an understanding of how this is working. Again, this is that main highway here. You can see off to, the, off to the left over here, this is where the performing arts building is. But again, the idea really is that as you come into this into the site here, that we're starting to, we're creating a new sense of entry with the way we're putting the buildings on each side of the road. So these glass, so we're, we're showing just glass in the massing right now, but the idea is that those are those active lounges right off the edge of these buildings. There's one there. There's one here, and the, and the main entry being to the dorms off to the left over here, and the main entry to the apartments being off this corner off of the circle over here. Again, these, these uh, courtyards are all secured in here. The buildings are connected with open-air bridges, um, and again, this is four stories and three stories, but it's, uh, they're very comparable in height as you come in uh, based on the grades. So, Anything else, David? We'd be happy to answer any questions. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that what you were asking for? Yeah, questions? we'd be happy to answer yeah, yeah. any questions if you. Board wants to. Beth, are you ready? Uh, yeah, I do. I have a couple questions for you. Can you go back to the um, slide where you're showing? Go back um, the one where you're showing what kind of apartments they are and where where they're located. This side, this one here. Uh, no, the one that's just the apartments. The next oh, this one here. Yeah. Okay. yeah, that one. Um, I had a question. So the studio apartments you've put in building four, and to me that seems backwards. It seems like the apartments that are set up for families should be off to the side, and those that are living in singles should be more connected to the community. Yeah. And it just, it seemed backwards, and I, and I was wondering if you could explain why that was. Well, we've looked at both, mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's easy to flip-flop these. Right. So um, uh, we originally put the family units out in their own right. freestanding, and then we had a conversation about kids and, mm -hmm. and where's the safe place for the kids, right. you know, to keep them corralled. Right. 
So we thought that this larger green space in the middle was a kind of safer place for the kids. Right. So we flipped it back to, to put the kids kind of facing right. in the center green space. But it's easy to put, to put it back the other side. It, it kind of depends on what, how many of the demand do you think has children. Yeah. And, it, and if it's larger, it probably makes more sense to have around the center courtyard. If it's smaller, it probably makes sense to have it there. But that's, that's an easy, easy change. Well, while I agree we want to make sure any children that are living there are safe, I think one of the big concerns about housing here is making sure we build community yes. and we have support for those new students coming in, especially right. the ones that are 18 that don't quite have a handle on, right. on what they're doing. And that kind of scares me, having them out not connected. Yeah. And so I just, I just want to put that out there and, yeah. and, um, and have maybe everybody reconsider that. Yeah. Okay, it's a good point. Um, we think a lot about community building, and one of the ways you do that is create a lot of common rooms. So there's common rooms right. on every floor, so it's okay. a chance to connect. Even even in building four, because I don't see a common room in uh, building four. Not not in building four. Right, and and those are where all your single ones are, right? Those are where all your. Uh, so so yeah, but, you have but, people living on their own, and there's no common room in that but building. The, the common rooms in building one are available to right. everyone, you know, in the complex. But I, I'm, my experience is if I'm living in my own building. spot right there, I'm not going anywhere. Okay. I, that's just me. So, so would, would you like you know. to see common rooms on the end of building four? I, I'd like to see something for okay. if, if we're going to keep those uh, students isolated like that. They need something okay. in their own building. Okay. Um, that's just... Good. for me Good and then can you go to the previous slide one over and this is just a logistical question i had for you so you have the paths that are going um from the performing arts center yes. and i'm just wondering if your design includes lighting for those paths and well, how you know for safety reasons how students would get to and from campus uh, at night when it's dark and and whether that's part of what you are putting together yeah currently there is lit it's the existing path is lit. And so our connection is a right. short connection. It's easy to, to light for okay. sure. Yeah. And will and that be part of your overall plan then? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, the, the, the biggest challenge we have right now, we haven't quite figured it out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, getting from, because there's a gate on that drive going down, mm -hmm. there's not much right. traffic on that. So right. it's pretty easy to think about crossing on yeah. the other side of that gate. And, and that's what scares me. There's not much traffic over there. So if it's 8 o'clock at night and I'm walking by myself right. uh, from campus, um, you know, it might be, oh, great, there's no traffic, but there's no traffic. Right. Yeah, good point. So, yeah. you know. Well, it, it certainly yeah. needs to be well lit, for right. sure. Right. And okay. um, uh, for lots of reasons. So right. the other crossing we're we mm -hmm. still scratching our heads over is how right. we get is from there, the yeah. dorm across. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of systems in place of being able to push a button and lights come on and stops traffic and okay. allows you to cross. Right. And, and where you put it uh, matters, you know, the distance away from this, the traffic circle. So we're, we're still trying to figure that piece out. Okay. But, um, oh, just build a bridge. <laughs> it's really easy. Yeah. Just build a bridge. Not a problem. Just right. add that to the numbers. Yeah. You know, and, okay. one of the things we didn't mention, kind of funny, one of the things we, were, we, we talked to staff about is we originally right here had the idea of a community garden. Mm. And we decided that maybe it was actually better here. Okay. Uh, to, it's just another place to have community right and um so we have some extra land to be able to okay. do something like that okay. there okay. one of the other things we're we're thinking about is is how do you get um 
this population easy access to the nearby retail. And so um, right now there's a there's a there's a sidewalk here mm -hmm. and 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 you can well, actually on this side so you have to cross over and down and then cross back over right. uh, so it, there's an existing way to get there now but it's you know you're walking you know beside a freeway so one of the um, yeah so you can see the side sidewalk is here right. one of the things we're we're, we're uh, thinking about is right now there's an existing path as you know that goes down into the flats here mm -hmm. um, and there's a four there's a three-way intersection here to the retail right. so one of the things we're we're thinking about is a way to connect an additional pass lighted path here for both bikes and pedestrians mm -hmm. and this is the uh, this um, green space is really hard to bridge because the wider it is and with handicap requirements it gets harder this is going to be a little easier to bridge that we could get over and get to an intersection where there's a lighted intersection for pedestrian crossing. So we're studying this pedestrian connection uh, in addition to the one that's already there. So that at least leaves a couple of options to get to the retail. Um, one of the things we want to do here is be very bike friendly. Uh, and so that would be an easy, you know, bike trip over to the retail. Um, and of course, you know, this uh, connection down to the, all the recreation facilities here are convenient as well. So what's nice about this location is you are close to retail, you are close to recreational facilities, and we just got to be sure we get all the, the connections right. done properly and well-lit and, and handicap accessible and all of that. Okay, thank you. On, on that point about the bridge uh, to Gasser, mm -hmm. ooh, I'm sorry, I don't understand that. Who would run with those expenses? Is that part of the county, the city, and ours, or? Here? Yeah. It would, it would well, we don't know of any other funding other than it would become a project expense. So um, one of our, the next phase of this, if, we're, if, if all of you believe we're going in the right direction with the plans to start pricing all this out, and then running it through the financing model, which will tell us what rents will be. Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll have, um, we'll all have the ability to look at that and say, you know, um, we can afford that bridge or not. So we can either make it part of the project cost or pull the bridge out and have lower rents. So there'll be a lot of that discussion that will go on in this larger group once we have the financial model in front of us. Okay. And speaking of bridges, I think uh, a slide, the very end where you have the completed... Um, a picture of the completed um, buildings mm -hmm. at the very end. This one? Mm, there's a close-up of... Oh, the 3D model? Sure. 3D, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. the, you're talking about the bridges between the apartment buildings here? Correct. Yes. Do we really need... How many are there? Three or four? There's one at every level. So... Do we really need them? Can... Are you talking about the... Yeah, the crosswalks or the bridges, yeah. These bridges? Mm-hmm. Right. You're just thinking... You Could we have just one, one and connecting stairs going to the one oh, that's going to cross over? Well, or? Here's the issue. Um, one of the reasons for having these bridges is it saves on having an elevator in every building. I see. So okay. it's more cost-efficient to, to have bridges than it is to have elevators in every building. So uh, this design meets all the handicap requirements and, and the elevators, and it's a... It's more cost effective that way. So if you if if you if you didn't have a 
a bridge on one floor, you'd have to add another elevator to the, to the building, okay. if that makes sense. So yes, it's, it does. Thank you. That actually makes me think that having the family stuff at the front makes more sense because otherwise you've got mom, you know, coming in from the really far away parking lot with all of the groceries, and you gotta take the kids down the hallway, screaming and yelling and doing. Well, I, well, I, I totally well, agree, but we've gotta we've gotta stay focused on what's the intent. Yeah. What's what's the intention of the housing? It's to support our students, and how do we support our students? With housing, one of the things that we had talked about was we need to build community, and and housing can support their academic life. And I, I think you make a really good point. But when you go back to we're we're doing this for the student, how do we how do we balance that? Yeah, I don't know. You know, right now, just to point out uh, the elevators, we have one in this in the front central location, and then we have one at the in. The, in this location that could service both of these buildings and then one here for the you know building four so that those are the three and it, elevators could be moved around in different locations but those are the, the three we have now one two and then three and then this one creates almost a, a you know if you will a, this is common room here was also for building not only for building one but for building three and then uh, we have these common rooms you know which would work well for building one and building two because that's a short connection. Uh, and then I, we, we, get, we take your point about the common room on building four. We can certainly add that back. David, can you, can you just discuss, it's kind of really the scion piece, but you know, why dorms and apartments, right? Just you know, right. our thought process. Well, um, what Scion did is, um, as you know, they, they, they took a menu of of unit types from pure dorm rooms to um, semi-suites uh, to uh, studio apartments, one bedrooms, two bedrooms. And in their survey, they ask who was interested in what type of room uh, and, 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 and gathered that data. And so uh, we know from the students that were surveyed, we have a, uh, from the sign report, who was interested in what type. And so we have a, a percentage breakdown of those and, and how many people were interested in each type. So this plan reflects what was the conclusion of that, uh, of that survey by unit type and by in total demand. So um, again, to be able to sell these bonds to, to, to the, the buyers of the bonds, you have to show a research report that shows what the demand was and by what type. And so sign report does that. And, and our, for, our plan needs to conform to that report, which it does. So, uh, so the way the process will work is, uh, you know, we'll come back to you with the financial models and uh, we'll get some feedback from the bond underwriters. And once we get the green light from you to, to go forward, we'll finish the plans and then the bonds will be sold and the project will be funded and, you know, off we go. And I do recall uh, during the presentation that the Scion Group did, they did mention that going above three floors, going to a, a fourth floor, uh, would be a different type of permit, building permit. Is no? No, it's no. You, we're uh, no. We're, it's 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 the same uh, wood frame construction up to four stories so and actually up to up to five stories so you have to get above five stories to to be able and then you just would trigger a different type of construction at the base of the building but this this is the same three two one one to four stories is all the same type of construction okay 
Trustee Baldini. Yes, I'm, I'm, good evening and thanks very much. I, I'm thinking of kind of Park Merced or kind of Soviet uh, style architecture on this. Could you, uh, this is just a preliminary uh, draft uh, as yeah. I understand. So design features and other elements will be forthcoming. Yes. Um, do we have any, I appreciated your 3D view. Is there a view from say, um, across the, uh, from say 29 North, uh, what this college looked like, you know, with the pack very prominent on that hill. Do we have any uh, viewpoint from that side? What so, it might appear? Um, well, um, from where on this side? No, he meant oh, over here. Over here. So you can way. turn this way. Yes. Yes. Oh. So what's missing is the the pack and and uh, how it fits in with the uh, the other. Uh, well, so one one of the so you ask about architecture. Um, um, yeah, can, we uh, talked about modular. Uh, can I? Wanna, let me let me show you a, another project that we finished uh, uh, recently. It won a an award. A, it's a lead platinum project, um, and it's a modern vocabulary. Uh, that's uh, it's this housing. Uh, this was actually built in a modular uh, plant, uh, and. Uh, we, we, we ju I just took this and showed it to the staff as, you know, is, is this an acceptable direction? As we still haven't, you know, put architecture on these buildings yet. But the idea was because the, the Performing Arts Center is going to be the predominant other architecture that you see as you come in, it's, you know, it's the significant piece. It's very modern in, 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 in design. So, you know, this, this building shouldn't fight with that. It should be, yes. yep. you know, and, and most of the architecture on the campus here is more of a modern vocabulary and it's some different, you know, uh, takes on modern, but you know, over the decades, <laughs> but it's, but it's still, you know, it's not the Spanish tile roof, you know, stucco alternative. So, so this is just another project that we did. I'm really happy with, and, and it, it's won a lot of awards and, and, um, and we, we just showed this to staff as, is this going in the right direction or not? So I would be happy to take feedback from you. Uh, this, is, this is, again, not this project. It's another project, but just the direction. Um, well, this is a bit more illuminating. I appreciate that as far as the potential for, the potential, for, what, yeah. you're, right. for, for well, what you're displaying. And, uh, and I thank you for that. The, um, and then the, if you go back to the, there you go. That's a nice. Uh... Yeah, and this has bridges between the buildings as well, and um, you know, again, four stories, and you can see the bridges uh, across. And, and uh, if you have any lower buildings, go show the uh, the common buildings in the middle. We actually have uh, uh, planted the roofs of those buildings, so when you actually look down from above, you see. Outstanding. Yes. Yeah. So and. This has a pool, and but we wouldn't have a pool, or you know, but but you'd have a courtyard in between that you could uh, program. And on your other, uh, and I'd like to go back to the, the the traffic, the the overhead. Yes. And given that the uh, 221 Magnolia intersection, uh, you know, just uh, as a quick opinion, that left turn going into the dorms of probably be extremely busy. And we also have, um, uh, you know, buying transit coming through there. Would there be a potential for a bus turnout or as, 
uh, somewhere to pull in and, and service, and I'd also be interested in uh, your other project. Um, is that Orange Coast Community College or, or Orange County? Uh, or Orange County the, um, the usage of um, Lyft, Uber, and so on and so forth for the, the student population. Do you need as much parking? Is parking as important? And then, uh, uh, yeah, thanks. so at, at Orange Coast College, um, we're parking about 0.5 per bed, um, and that's the parking that we provided there. At Orange Coast, bicycles are really big, so we created a lot of space for bicycle storage, um, secured bike lockers and whatnot. Um, same thing at Santa Rosa. Um, there's, a, there's a heavy uh, bicycle population there, so that's what they're really trying to encourage. They're really moving towards a lot of sustainable features, and, and they're, they're actually um, considering uh, providing incentive for students to not bring their cars that are gonna be living at the units. That's one thing that they're, they're working through right now. Um, but we did provide uh, about, I think we're about 0.6 at Santa Rosa in terms of parking. Um, and, and, and our ratio here? Our ratio here, we're, so we're working right now with the city standards on this project. And what they are looking for is actually um, point, they're looking for uh, one parking spot per uh, sleeping unit. So it's not really per bed, but it's per bedroom. And so we're well over, we're, with the 534, we're well over that requirement there. So, so in essence, right now we're about twice Santa Rosa and right. Orange Coast, uh, but, but we are inside the, the requirements for the city. So we, we also have to consider the city here in the process because we need, we need their approval. So. Um, and other projects that we, we built, you know, we're under construction right now. One at UC Berkeley, we have no parking. So the range, it's, it's, a, it's a wide range, kind of depending on, on where you are. But um, I think um, what, what we heard in some of our prior meetings is we didn't want to assume that any of the existing parking was available for, for here. So we were trying to, uh, we got some pushback on that somewhere along the way. I can't remember where and now. But so we tried to park this as it to support itself, which is what's in the plan now. And as far as uh, future solar, would, would uh, you see that over the parking lots on top of the units and so on and so forth? Yeah, the, the buildings are easily uh, uh, available for solar panels on the roofs of the buildings. Uh, in this modern vocabulary, you know, you get a, a flatter roofs to, to put solar on. David? Yeah, in fact, actually, at, at Santa Rosa Junior College, they have uh, solar uh, canopies over their parking. And in fact, we've found it to be a little bit more cost effective um, of a solution than trying to put it on top of the buildings. A lot of times you need to maintain some of that space on top of the building for mechanical equipment. The nice thing about this site is that the parking, where we're showing the parking, this is all north-south oriented, south-facing, so you could potentially look at solar uh, canopies over parking here to shade the cars, but that's an ideal, um, it's an ideal location and it's, 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 it's set up just right for that if that's a, and if I may, the, the uh, parking area, is that within a secured, is there a security fence around that, particularly the, that garden and uh, where that footbridge comes into the property or is that? Uh, it it certainly open? can, it certainly can, can be. Yeah, it can it can be secure. All right, and then just as a just as an offering, since you do have, we're bounded by state highways. Uh, 
121 and 221 right there. I, I would have to think there would be some sort of state funds available for some pedestrian overpass or, and we still have the first street city of Napa bridge sitting uh, in the in the yard that could be, probably be assembled or own. <laughs> STEM program welding could build a bridge. Uh, uh, there you go. That thing. So I don't think that's a problem, yes. Yeah, final, yes. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. Uh, any other questions? I just have a couple of comments, maybe questions about uh, more the circulation and kind of the connection to the retail area. Where you show that number five there, um, and you mention that there's a lot of um, riparian areas, and, and maybe it's a little wider there, or maybe a little more problematic for a bridge. But I wonder, really, would that be a problem? I mean, it, I know it looks green, but all the pictures we've seen of that area underneath those trees, it's all dry. Um, but wondering whether that's really more cost-effective to take possibly pedestrians and bicycles all the way down that path that now I've lost <laughs> in this, in this view uh, through that field, you know, to, um, as you were pointing out earlier. Right instead of trying to come across right where right here. you're right. at, you're right. Which to me seems a, a more logical connection. It's easier for the uh, development, and it kind of creates a straight path into the heart of campus right. uh, through there that I think could be a lot more uh, aesthetic and just pull in the community, you know, kind of back and forth across there. Right. Uh, then having to go down and across that field. I, I agree. Uh, that's a much better connection point. Here's the issue is um, you either have to go through or over. And if you go through, we have all the environmental issues. If you go over, you have to go over at a handicap ramp, 2% um, grade. So given the height, the length of that ramp on both sides gets to be very long. Uh, we can lay it out and, and cost it. But um, it appears, given the height here, that we just don't have enough uh, distance on the other side to, if we had to go over to get back down to grade again if we, if we hurdled the... Uh, now, could we convince the, our environmental community that, that we could shorten that distance? And maybe. Um, so this, this could possibly be a, a later, you know... Uh, you know, a uh, later phase, or we can try to bear down and study it more now. But that would that would be the best place to cross if we could figure out the logistics of getting across there. And 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 you know, given the our handicap requirements, that's going to be quite a a ramp. Mm -hmm. So that's the that's the issue. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Just you mentioned the environmental community. I was wondering. I mean, I in that one illustration that you showed with the living roofs is that something that is easily incorporated or does that greatly increase the cost on the buildings well there's some cost there is some cost to it but it's um you know we uh, if you're familiar with uh, um lead ratings on buildings so you know you can get different standards we 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 shoot for platinum lead uh as we can and so we get different credits for different uh, elements. So like the solar, you know, it's helpful. The, the green roofs are helpful. Those are uh, common buildings in the middle, and um, 
uh, as opposed to the roof of the, the residential. So they have less equipment on the roof because they're one story and, and, and it gave us that ability to use green roofs. So if we have those smaller buildings in our common areas, you know, we would suggest doing something like that, which is, you know, helpful for your, um, for your lead points. I would say, David, while you're on this, this one, we had chatted about balconies or no balconies. Right. And um, you might address yes. our current thinking on that. It, it, you know, yeah, the current thinking is no balconies um, because it will, will be safer uh, than balconies. Um, and so this, this, is a, this project has more adults. This is not a student housing project, so we, we added the balconies. So, so there will probably be no balconies. We'll have some architectural detail on the outside of the buildings that will substitute for that. So, but it, it will, will not be balconies, as you see in this uh, rendering or photo. I just have um, one comment and then a question. Uh, first, I wanted to agree with Trustee Baldini about that left turn. I think that that would be, particularly at certain times of day, could create, did that just turn off? Okay, no, but uh, <laughs> could create a real problem with the light there and, and uh, traffic backing up and people coming in. And so I would, you might look at whether it'd be possible to swing around the the roundabout and come back. Yeah, okay. uh, that would make maybe make more sense. Okay. The other thing Good. you mentioned the um, the existing bus shelter yes. slash beehive right. that's right there. You're keeping that. Well, until <laughs> until until you tell us not to. <laughs> How do we make? Who has right. to tell them not to? <laughs> we we looked at it, and I my first blush was that it was it had to be there. And the second blush, when we investigated a bit, it, it was a decision to keep it there from us. It's not a requirement. It's not a historical building, I understand, although Michael is looking like maybe it was. <laughs> but I, I, we talked to Carol Lee on it to see whether or not you know, we could go back, but we're checking on it to see. Well, if we keep it, can we at least fix it? It, it, I think it presents um, right now. If, we, if we're okay, yeah. uh, it, the whole area out there presents. Um, we don't have a front door to the college. I mean, it, it's clear there is no clear entryway. I mean, we have the roundabout, so you can kind of assume. But the monument sign has been pointed out by other consultants as small and difficult to see. So I think something could happen out there that's really much more uh, dramatic. Maybe the wrong word, but appropriate. It's probably good. Yeah, it, well, we'll have to rebuild that somewhere else then. Take it apart, like the bridge. Yeah. And yeah. Michael yeah. Said. Piece by piece. Yeah. 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 I would say, too, just as a, as a final thought, and maybe you could show a longer shot of this. When we started looking at this, um, this whole area, and in and that I compared the pack area, you know, previously, I mean, the... This is the same kind of projects. The, the pack area was just desolate and far away from anything, and it felt completely removed. This has that feel, yeah, because it's, we're just not populated over here. So I think as, it, as we start to envision it um, and uh, populate it a little bit, get it lit, get those connections with, with students, and especially with the green belt and the vine trail, which are connecting here to this thing, um, it will start to it'll start to feel like a more vibrant, unlonely, safer spot, if you, if you will, because I can kind of hear those, those, those pieces. 
One of the, can I, if I could ask a question, one of the things we'd like some feedback on is we present this idea of these, these study rooms on the ends of both buildings uh, facing out towards the, the highway and with some glass exposure. So at night, would be lit up they'd have activity and and it seems to that kind of would help again with the front door uh you know I, there's some signage work to be done but how is there is that good idea bad idea i i think that's a much better idea than blank walls right you know right. concrete right you know, massive wall <laughs> right um What's yeah. it going to do to our energy cost? I'm yeah, kidding, I'm kidding. That's what I was wondering. To, to my question, too, about the security of it and how, I mean, I get the entrance, but how are we preventing others from coming in through the backside from the highway and areas where we do have some of those walls? It's going to be gates. Now. Yeah, gates. Well, I try to avoid secure. saying walls at right. this point. Right. But <laughs> what kind of fences are they? Like, how does that tie in with the design of the building and how do we protect it from the vulnerable areas well you know the idea again with, with these bridges would also create um you know a, a version of a wall that would connect the buildings and of course the buildings themselves you know create a wall so that you end up with these safe spaces and the only way to access it really is through the you know the security entrance here on the kind of the front door if you will um that's in the multiple buildings uh that's easy to do to create a secure outdoor space in the dorm building because of the way the site plan is the the secure space is actually in the building as opposed to out of the building uh we 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 have the ability on this side to to create you know a walled area here for outdoor space that would be a small area that would be secure for the residents here uh and by creating its own kind of its own garden wall if you will so there is there is there's a small spot here, but we we have we have a I feel pretty good about the uh, the ability to control this, and and we can go back and look at a you know additional connection here to get a more of a you know controlled outdoor space that's safe, and this will be lit as well you know with landscape lighting. Kind of go back to that, and this is my last one. When you were just going with the with the, the wall. The, is here? that an area, the last slide that you're just on? Dorm? Yeah, sorry. Um, here? Like with, yeah. In here? Pointing at it like you can see it from here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but could, could it be like a amphitheater? Is there like the possibility of like a wall but having a stage where we have some kind of outdoor venue for the students? Or is that... Well, well, there is a grade difference there. The grade falls away down to the, you know, that creek area. And so it could very well be terraced and, you know, so that you could, it could be a sitting wall and kind of a small stage, if you will, at the bottom. So that's, that's not a bad idea to create outdoor space and use the natural grade to kind of capture it. So ties it in with the performing arts center too. we also talked about um I, I forgot what you call them but security cards key cards this whole project right yeah yeah don't um all the all the you know the the standard today is all the rooms have electronic locks so there's no more keys in apartments or dorms so you can't get into the building without your you know electronic key so we know who comes and who goes and you can't get into the unit, you know, without your key. So it's it's well tr tracked, and um, so we, we kind of know, or at least we know which key fob is coming and going. Would we have backup generators for when the electricity's out? 
<laughs> yeah, I think there's a run on generators up here. <laughs> right. You're a good good point. Yeah. Very good point. Thank you very much. Yes. Wonderful. So, or, so if we if uh, if if you feel like we're going the right direction, the, in the next 30 days, it's going to be putting architecture on these, costing them out, and trying to come back to you with a, some financial models. As I said, it's uh, given the holidays, it's going to be it's going to be tough. And your meeting is early uh, December, so we're going to do our best to try to hit that. But it may we may be at your first meeting in January if if that's okay. We, we we talked to staff about that. I mean, I, it doesn't seem just like on this project, but the city in general with the parking that they require for buildings overall in the city, but I'd like to see it with less parking and more open space if it's possible. I mean, or usable areas, but they have strict standards on parking. Well, uh, I mean, you know, we can have that conversation with the city and the way the parking fields laid out here, if they would allow us to have less parking so we could, you know, cut this in half, we then take this large area here around, you know, we already have some open space here we're going to be able to use and just make it larger and create a more of a park there for the residents. So if we can shrink it down based on our city discussions, we'd like to. And as we, everything we shrink down, we'll just pick up more park area. So finally david i mean some people here at the table or in the audience or on campus have been through major remodels home building and some major projects right so I, so as we move forward i guess i'm wanting to ensure that there is there's lots of room for conversation about you know the final details the final layout those kinds of things maybe you can address it just a bit maybe i did already but yeah well, for sure. So what, the way the process will work is um, um, we'll go away and put some initial, you know, architecture on here and then and price it out. And, and that first step for you is just a, is because uh, what we owe you is a financial model that tells you what the rents will be for to develop this. So, again, we're, we're, we're going to hurry to try to do that in December, maybe January, but to bring that back to you because that's a question we don't have an answer to yet. Now, once and, and that's going to take that's going to uh, take a lot of assumptions. But once you give us the green light, and we get then moving into actual uh, doing real drawings, and, and then that's when we're going to get in the detail. And we'll be working with staff, and 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 as staff wants us back here in front of the board to have you giving us feedback on you know will the city let us have less parking and more park? You know, should we? Um, you know, one of the things we talk to staff about is there's a there's there's a space on the plan that we could actually create a uh, a roof deck on the roof uh, that is enclosed, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and that that could that, so there's there's extra things that we can do that could you know spice the price if we can afford it and every every time you know you add some cost that impacts the rent so what we're going to do is is to try to show you where those dials are and have you help us turn those you know whether we want more amenities and and can and believe we can afford a little more rents to support those or we want less amenities and keep the rents lower and so those are the dials that we will be turning together once we get to kind of the green light to go to the next phase and uh, all of you will be involved in that's all those steps so we're not we wouldn't go away and come back with a finished product it's going to be a, a conversation good job 
Thank you. It's Thank you exciting much. to see something starting. Yes, so are we. Thank you. Just tailing this away, generally I'm going, I'm, I'm on the Amola corridor work group tomorrow for a couple hours, which is that right out there in front. So it'll be, are you going as well, Michael, or just you know about it? No, or? I know about yeah, it. Okay. Uh, outstanding. Yeah, so I'll be able to kind of factor in what they're thinking about and make sure that you know, at least at the, at the table and um, considering this. Uh, we're moving on to item eight, reports, 8.1 Academic Senate Report. Dr. Eileen Tejada. Good evening, board members, President Kraft, and esteemed colleagues. My report tonight includes several items. I would like to express my appreciation and gratitude to board president, Mr. Kyle Iverson, President Kraft and Mr. Bob Parker for attending the Napa Valley College Academic Senate Business Meeting on Tuesday to address the concerns of faculty about the housing development project revealed in the survey. As we agreed in the Academic Senate Business Meeting, I look forward to another opportunity for the discussion that began at that meeting to continue. So I really appreciate uh, um, your opening that, the, the discussion and the exchange that we had. Thank you so very much. Um, we continue to remain in conversation um, about the um, VPAA hire um, the I and the IEPI grant and some other issues. And I think that um, I appreciate modeling remaining in conversation and having um, open lines of communication. So for that, I am also very grateful. At the October 22nd Napa Valley College Senate business meeting, the Academic Senate passed the purpose and powers of the Napa Valley College Academic Senate resolution. The reason for proposing this resolution was to affirm the primacy of the work of the Napa Valley College Academic Senate in academic and professional matters as mandated by law. There are some in our college community that felt uneasy about the Academic Senate putting forth a resolution. I want to be very clear. Resolutions are the medium used to communicate the position of the Academic Senate as a whole. From the Academic Senate of Community Colleges, um, of California Community Colleges, our state level entity, to the local level, resolutions allow us to state our position as a collective. It is my hope that the Napa Valley College Board of Trustees does not misunderstand this resolution as anything other than the Napa Valley College Academic Senate affirming its position and authority as described in the California Ed Code and Title V. The Napa Valley College Academic Senate continues its commitment to working collaboratively with all its constituent groups to ensure our students' success. I would like to now enter that resolution um, into the record as part of my report. Whereas the college, uh, excuse me, whereas the California Education Code section 70902B7 ensures the rights of academic senates to assume primary responsibility for making recommendations in the area of curriculum and academic standards, 
Whereas Title V, Section 53203, ensures the governing board shall adopt policies delegating authority and responsibility to its academic senate and adopts policies and procedures on academic and professional matters through collegial consultation with the academic senate, guarantees the academic senate the right to meet with or appear before the board of trustees, and ensures the academic senate may assume such responsibilities and perform such functions as may be delegated to it by the governing board. Whereas Title V, five, uh, Section 53200 defines the academic senate as an organization whose primary function is to make recommendations to the administration of the college and to the governing board with respect to academic and professional matters defined as the 10 plus 1. Whereas Title V, Section 53203 designates the Academic Senate authority to appoint faculty to college committees or other groups dealing with academic and professional matters after consultation with the CEO or designee, be it resolved that the Napa Valley College Academic Senate affirms its legal place in the governance structure of Napa Valley College with respect to all academic and professional matters, and that these legal mandates differentiated from all other senates at Napa Valley College. Be it resolved that the Napa Valley College Academic Senate affirms its primacy in the development and implementation of all academic and professional matters as defined in the California Education Code and Title V. So um, in order to better understand um, the functions of the Academic Senate, I have been conducting um, Academic Senate 101 trainings um, for faculty and actually for anyone on campus that um, is interested in learning more about the Academic Senate. Um, for the new faculty learning community, I've been providing a workshop strand that informs the new faculty about the purpose and functions of the Academic Senate, and I've also included in that strand accreditation um, and the, the process of accreditation. Um, uh, let's see, to, uh, to my trainings, I bring expertise and experience, about 30 years worth, since I have served on the, academic, uh, the State Academic Senate uh, committees, and as a commissioner on the ACCJC, I served 2.5 terms, so um, six and a half years. So I'm able to share this information from a context and lived experience that connects the State Academic Senate, the Chancellor's Office, accreditation, and how these policies interact at the local level. Um, I think what I heard was we have a 70% new faculty. I think that's the, the percentage. And so we're trying to, to train faculty as well as to keep them informed as to the processes that we're engaging in. I think the next strand, which is probably um, next semester, the next workshop in the strand will be about our internal processes. And so, um, so there's that. Lastly. Um, the Napa Valley College Senate Vice President, uh, First Vice President, Dr. Jim McGowan, and the Academic Senate um, Administrative Assistant, Ms. Um, Elizabeth Rivera and myself, attended 
the fall plenary session just this past week. Um, I attended as a delegate and I'm after a 20 year hiatus, I returned to the State Academic Senate to serve on the Equity, Diversity in Action Committee as, and I was elected as the co-chair of the Latinx Caucus uh, at the state level. And I also attended as a delegate. So in response, um, so some of the things that are happening at the, at the state level in terms of the Senate. In response to the student success data and the research on student success, the State Academic Senate has prioritized diver diversifying the faculty of the California Community Colleges and promoting equity for all students. We attended workshops that helped clarify and affirm the role and purpose of local senates in the areas of program review, integrated planning and budget, professional development, guided pathways, and district and college governance structures as related to faculty roles. Um, I think I can speak for our team that attending the plenary uh, session inspired and energized us to continue our work at Napa Valley College um, Academic Senate and to remain connected with the State Academic Senate as well. Um, the priorities and the resolutions I have with me, um, they adopted an inclusivity statement that I understand um, other colleges in, um, in our system are adopting. Um, and so I, can, I have those and I have the resolutions that passed. Um, I, if I were to group them, I would say that um, there were some bylaws changes. Um, is, is the first set, and then um, the inclusivity and equity um, resolutions having to deal with ensuring um, or uh, affirming what the research shows in terms of diversifying the faculty to mirror the student population and how that connects to student success, as well as infusing equity and diversity throughout the guided pathways changes and program review so I have, I have that information and I'll, I'll be sharing that with Robin, uh, Dr. Warnall, as well as um, the leadership, the planning and budget leadership and um, to get that information out to you all. So um, that is my report for tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Eileen Tejada. Uh, next is item 8.2, administrative confidential Senate report. Good evening, board. Um, I don't have a report per se, but I would like to, on behalf of the administrative uh, senate, like to welcome Doc. I'd like to welcome Robin D'Arcangelo, senior dean of student affairs, to our group. Uh, welcome as a new colleague, and we look forward to working with you closely. That concludes my report. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, next is 8.3 Associated Students in Napa Valley College report. I do not see. Christopher Pablo, are you? Do you have a report for them? Did he pass the bill? We have a we have an attachment on that. On behalf of ASB, you may not, right? Do you have a report on behalf of ASB? Yeah. So. ASMVC had uh, recently attended a conference. Um, the California Community College Student Affairs Association held a conference in Sacramento, and members of the board were able to network with 
um, several other student government members from across the state. Uh, so that was a good opportunity for us to get some exposure and really connect to the different um, issues and successes that have been going on in other districts throughout California. Um, look, so it looks like uh, our advisor, Benjamin Quesada, as well as uh, Christopher Sotelo, our ASMVC president, uh, they had a presentation with the NVC Foundation uh, to support uh, funding uh, a few students to attend the American Student Association of California Community Colleges in Washington, D.C. Uh, that is a trip that we, as a board, took last year, and it was very helpful in uh, providing experience and training, advocating for issues for students across the nation. And so that is something that we requested some assistance so that we can continue that this year. Um, and it looks like ASMVC is continuing to polish up their constitution and bylaws, and we will have an upcoming meeting to finalize what those may be. <coughs> and that's all I got. Thank you. Uh, and moving on to 8.4, classified association report, Valerie Mole. Thank you. That's working. Um, first, I want to w welcome Robin as well. Um, it's really wonderful to be able to work with her again. Um, as I was preparing for um, tonight's meeting, I was reviewing the October board meeting draft minutes, and I just want to say I am in total awe of what our students have been doing. The, um, the report was lengthy. It was comprehensive, and I think we sh could all... Um, learn something from them. They were just, just fabulous. So on behalf of the classified staff, I want to congratulate Christopher, I'm sorry he's not here, and Pablo, and ASNVC as a whole on the exceptional work they're doing as student leaders, not only at our campus, but in our community. Um, I'm an alumna, <laughs> so you know I consider myself one of those students as well, way, way back when. Um, I'd like to welcome new classified hires, Jennifer Aguilar as a counseling services technician, and Stephanie Liu as a DSPS specialist. Both are scheduled to begin on Friday the 15th. We're looking forward to future hires that are out there being um, recruited, um, future classified hires, that is. Um, this past Tuesday, our union and our Senate held a joint meeting, which we have rarely done in our knowledge, and it was, it was quite productive. On the union side, we had some very lengthy and robust discussions about benefits, both um, bargain benefits and supplementals that are um, available to our members, and um, it was very, very productive. And then for the um, Senate side, Marty can elaborate on that. Okay, uh, yeah, um, we had a right, nice turnout regardless of the fire for the Halloween turnout. And uh, it was nice to have an assistance by DOS, you know, because they provided some of the prizes for the costumes. And uh, um, yeah, and then we talked a little bit about welcoming you guys to our classified joint Christmas holiday gathering. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're looking at, uh, teaming up with uh, Dr. Tennyson there. You know, uh, she's got a program with the Toy Drive. We also have uh, 
Ben does some uh, program with uh, the Angel Tree program, mm -hmm. so we want to sit there and be part of that. And I thought it was a lot of fun to actually collaborate with with the students, you know, and 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 remember that, you know, sometimes uh, life can be a little bit simpler if you are a little bit more childlike, you know. So make sure you watch Elf, and then our <laughs> chef, head chef Elena. Next week is restaurant week. She said she wanted to make sure that I let you people know that please come down and check out the uh, vocational program we got going up there. And uh, I told her I'd invite you guys up there because we still have openings. So yeah, next week's going to be fun. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that rounds it up. And thank you for your time. Thank you for yours, Marty. And for those listening online, that was uh, our 8.5 classified Senate report. Uh, next is 8.6 faculty association report. Um, do we have? She's rescuing her phone at Apple. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. Best of luck with that. Never a fun process. Uh, 8.7, this is Dr. Kraft, president's report. Thank you. Um, a couple things. I, I want to thank the Academic Senate for the invite. Um, it, it, it's always good. I, I appreciate when I get to go to, to not only for the, for the specific pieces, but just to kind of um, under, take the temperature of the academy, of, of where we are, and stay in tune with it. I appreciate the resolution. I think it's spot on and know that the administration here is four square behind 10 plus one and, and, uh, and what the academic Senate piece. Um, we're, we are moving forward and I appreciate it on two initiatives. Um, one is the housing and we're still working that out and hopefully um, Catherine and I talked tonight about trying to schedule a forum or some, something in the beginning of, of December to kind of get this same thing that we did tonight out to a broader group of folks so we can start to walk that through a little, a little deeper and then unpack, if you will, um, more opportunities for people just to understand what it is, where we can make an impact. And, this, and the second piece is the, um, the IEPI, um, IEPI um, grant on, on um, training and development through HR, and, um, and uh, I appreciate the, the, the Senate's inquiry in it. We'll try to clarify that, and I'm, I've got a meeting. I'm not sure we have one set, but we will uh, specifically on that. So thank you on, on all of those things. And Marty and Valerie, um, I, love, I miss the costume piece. I was, out, I was out, but I heard great things, so thank you for all of that. Um, a couple things. The election 2020, just at the beginning of mine, Board of Trustees, specifically Iverson and Dawn, trustees, but other folks have also talked to us about, could we not see where we can get a polling place on campus um, for the 2020? We're working forward with that. I think there are several, several veins of folks that have uh, indicated to us that, um, that it's looking good for us to do that, be a temporary polling place. As we know, the 18 through 21 um, percentage of voters who turn out is very low, um, as low as 4% um, in our last bond outage. So it's important, I think, to get the students here. And as I understand it this year, you guys can help me here, but I believe this year 
um, for 2020, not only can you vote, but register as well um, that day. I believe that's the new law that's going into effect. Right? If that's wrong, this was Bob Parker's. Um, <laughs> his, you can see him for any of that, those corrections. That was actually um, true already. Yeah, that right? was, is was, it? Yeah, it's, it's true now. True. Okay, then, then that was Dr. Crafts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you for that. Um, I'd like to call on Faye. We have um, at the end of every board meeting, we have either, either future agenda item requests or staff board requests. Not all of those are um, scheduled really for agenda items. Some are best done in these kinds of reports. One that we did was kind of an update on sports teams. Mm -hmm. So we thought we would just hand it off to Faye to kind of review quickly. It's here written for you, but she's gonna hit some of these, these highlights. Thank you, Dr. Kraft. First of all, before I give um, this wonderful update on our athletics teams, I need to thank um, Senior Dean Bob Harris right there, and Associate Dean Jerry um, Dunlap for their leadership in this area. We also have amazing coaches and faculty that um, support our wonderful student athletes. So yes, I am gonna highlight a few things that are happening um, in these programs. I'd like to start with our men's and women's soccer team, um, all doing great things. The men's soccer team, um, clinched their third straight Bay Valley Conference Championship, and they're now headed to the state playoffs. And our women's soccer team, um, we're winding down, we're in the middle portion of the BVC standings, and I need to give a special shout out to our coach, um, Randy Simmons, am I pronouncing that correctly, Bob? Um, was recently named the recipient of the news, which is our Napa Emergency Women's Services Female Coach of the Year at their annual Peace Awards, so that's pretty amazing. Our volleyball team, um, much better this year, and Sophia Green, one of our student athletes, was recently nominated for State Player of the Month. Um, we have a full roster, and we're recruiting efforts are in um, full force, and we actually have three commitments from local players for the next season. Uh, our women's golf sent three student athletes to the NorCal Championship, um, with Jordan Lowe um, making it to the state championship next week. While Bailey, help me with the last name, Bob. <laughs> Thank you. We'll go as a first alternate for Northern California. And then our men's and women's basketball teams are just starting. Um, we will field a women's team this season, and we're really hoping to grow this program. Um, we have a new coach, Paul DeBalt, and he's done an excellent job really trying to bring back to life our um, women's basketball team, which I'm so excited. Um, sport of softball, we're on track for a team for our spring um, 2020 season. There are enough um, students for the in the preseason course to field a team, and we actually have uh, many verbal commitments from students who weren't able to participate in the fall preseason activities, but will be able to participate in the spring. So we're excited about that. So there are many great things happening in um, athletics, and if you have questions, Bob can answer them. <laughs> I just want to give another shout out to Coach Rogelio and Coach Randy. I mean, they're out in the community and mm -hmm. they're just very involved in fielding a good, solid team. Absolutely. Thank you. Just kind of join in. I think for, we're a small college with, with a pretty big footprint for athletics. So, um, and, and Bob is uh, a, a representative out there on the Bay Area. Um, as as well? Yeah, on a statewide level, actually. I'm with the Management Council. But I would like to echo what um, Trustee uh, 
Iverson said, because I received, a, I received an email from a former colleague, um, graduate school a friend, who works at Hartnell College and noted that our men's team went down to participate. They helped clean up the field. They, they helped take care of things. And, and, and the head athletic trainer said he's never seen a visiting team do that. He goes, and we lost four to one. Um, so <laughs> I mean, we won, but we beat the home team four to one. But he was he called out the men's team for their for being fabulous people and for helping uh, do things going above and beyond that you don't normally see in an athletic team. So it was wonderful to hear. Thank you. Um, finally, um, on my report is campus closures and the modified operations. Boy, we've all suffered in, in different ways from the PSPS, you know, from, from PGE. Um, I, I would say that we are in, in good shape in terms of our preparation for emergency closures. We have, a, we have good materials. We've reviewed those. What we were not prepared for was that event. Um, you know, as a temporary kind of shutdown that may or may not happen that affected differing, uh, differing constituencies. Um, I, I reached out to our former retired police chief, Ken Arnold, who um, we contracted to come in and help beef up that section of our emergency um, guidelines and to work through. So he's met with many stakeholders um, around the college. He presented um, a draft um, to me for discussion today. Still have a few calls to make and a few more connections to make um, um, with folks, um, key leaders. And then it will go, it will end up um, back at cabinet to take a look at, back out to constituencies a little bit. And then we, we still have some questions on um, uh, what do we have questions on? We have questions on um, the, the procedures, the exact procedures, communication procedures, and how to how to reach people. Um, we are addressing um, not being able to get to campus and how that works for individuals. So there's still some open questions there, but we're we're coming to a conclusion on it. I'm trying to get out ahead of this before we have another PSPS, and I'm hoping that that we can. We should have it completed by the end of um, November and back to the board for a, a good solid look in December. And um, we will make the last round of constituencies, I think, here in the next couple of weeks. That's it, thank you. And I mean, my sincere apologies, and I'm sure with the rest of the board on those that were affected with the last shutoffs. I mean, it's mm. not a one size fits all for no. closing no. the campus, but everybody thanks for bearing with us. Uh, next is consent calendar. We did have the removal of 9-6 and 9-9. 9-6 was the budget development values and assumptions, and 9-9 was the approval of agreement with Clark and Associates. With those removed? Move approval. I have a motion by Trustee Baldini. I second. And a second by Trustee Segura. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Motion carries unanimous, Catherine. Uh, next is... Item 10, Academic Affairs, 10.1, Curriculum Changes. This is for Fall 2019. And what do we have presenting on this one? None. I mean, if you have, if you want to, you just need a, a motion and a second. Move to approve. A motion by Trustee Rios. Second. I have a, trust, a second by Trustee Baldini. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. 
Aye. The motion carries unanimous. I, I do have just one question on the uh, curriculum changes on the viticulture side. On the, um, I don't know if that could be answered. Uh, it online education. So how does that uh, roll out to a, to a student? I know it broadens our our uh, or casts a broader net, if you will. But the how does that uh, um, How's that in the vineyard sort of experience uh, transmit translate into the into the online? I think what you said at first, Michael, is absolutely true. That you it is going to cast the net farther. I mean, we're going to get more students that might be taking some of these um, courses. Um, I think it's. Um, a change that I think has been needed and there's a lot of good changes that are happening in VWT and I have Diana here then she can address a few of the other things and the whys behind it but um, including adding new courses but then adding this distance ed modality to it that does open the door for more students um, and gives us an opportunity to do some of the work online that we can do but then also with hybrid classes having the students come to class so it gives them again different kinds of options um, for some folks that can't get here for a fully face-to-face -face class so and Diana if you want to add to that um, that's essentially what we're trying to do is create some options. So one of the things we're doing with two of the ones that are um, more enology based, so the winemaking classes, is the students can take two classes on the same night and they'll alternate. So one night, this week it's this class, the next week it's the next class, the next week. So they can actually just commit one night away from work and family to come to campus and then the rest of that content will be taught online and those nights that they're on campus they can do things like go out to the vineyard or go into the winery and show students real live examples of what they're learning in the lecture portion that's online but it does provide more options for students um, to take our classes and increases access outstanding well, i applaud the efforts of everyone that made it possible and and thank you for that I just want one quick question. Sorry, Baldini, I saw you getting away from the podium. In terms of the VWT classes, and hopefully this question doesn't take us too far afield, but transferable classes for Davis, like have we made any? Because I know in the past that I had heard that a lot of our <clears throat> courses weren't transferable or they weren't getting credit for them at Davis. Is Well, um, there's different aspects of transferability. By the way, these are, I know these are sunglasses. I'm not trying to look cool. Um, there are prescription lenses, so I can't see your faces right now So without them on. So that's why I'm putting them on and off. Um, so you could be snarling. But um, so, so there are classes, we have classes that are transferable, like the units transfer and can be used as elective units at, at UCs, including UC Davis. The, the difference, there's a difference between our VWT program and UC Davis's. So our program is, is um, and part of the reason it's in career ed, is it's while they're doing action research, so they're researching and experimenting while they're making wine and, and with the grapes in the vineyard, it's not a research-focused program. It is a 
making good wine and growing the best grapes possible program. And so it's a very different type of program. And so the program itself is looking at which colleges we can align to. And hopefully within the next year, you'll see some um, degrees and degree changes and additions coming um, because we are looking at um, kind of the portability and advanced studies for our students in that program. So there is some look at that. And Davis has a fabulous program, but it's, it's a little bit more philosophical and research as opposed to how do we make exceptional wine, and that's what we are looking at here. So, so, so that would be like a Fresno State or a Poly or San Luis Obispo or... The yeah, possibility of uh, our courses to those universities. Yeah, a little bit more that in that direction, um, but it's also and also looking at different um, aspects that our students can do with that um, okay. with their coursework from from our college, which it, it really is. It's much more focused on uh, getting to good yeah. product, whether exactly. it's grapes or wine. Or wine. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right, next, uh, we're going to jump to item 14. This is appointment to Napa Valley College Foundation Board and Dr. Kraft. Yeah, interesting item. The board has not taken this up in, in um, a, a few years, to my knowledge. Um, in a review of the um, bylaws of the Napa Valley College Foundation, um, one of their requirements is that this board... Um, appoint a person to the Napa Valley College Foundation Board. Um, you can't be one of you um, as, as per the bylaws, but what we're requesting, this is an information item for you to think about your, your um, channels of communication, the folks that you might recommend that would, that from the community in your walk of life that might uh, enjoy um, representing you know your interests and the college's interests on the Napa Valley College Foundation and be a, a full member. This is a full membership. Um, once you appoint that person, they are a member of that board. They don't have to be approved or accepted by that board, um, although I'm sure they'll be welcomed. And um, so tonight is this um, information item, and I would like you to forward any, uh, any names that you, you think might be appropriate to either Catherine or myself in the office. Um, we can vet out a little bit. If, if we don't receive any, then we'll just continue it on. If, if it's something that um, uh, starts to just make sense, falls out, then we would bring that person back to you either in, in December or some subsequent uh, month for confirmation here, and then they would take their seat on the board. Is there a particular skill set or something that is missing on the board, the current board, that we're interested in trying to fill? Wealth. <laughs> I don't know any of those people. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, the, the board is, the, um, the Napa Valley College Board can go up to, uh, I'll just say that, that they, I, th I believe they can go up to 22 or 3 um, folks as uh, ordinary, they're, they're down around 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there. So I think um, a, a good community member who's kind of plugged in, um, the, the mostly skill set is just being a, you know, what we would say a community college person, you know, somebody that really loves what we're doing, is focused on helping students out, um, more of a good 
spokesperson that you would you would love to see. Right. Other questions? Yep. Okay. Thank I'm you. Sure everyone has someone in mind. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Next is hold on. Uh, we are going to. These are item 15, board policy review and adoption. This is first reading for repeal board policies H2260, H2311, H2405, H2410, H2411, H4570. Sorry. Has everyone... This is information discussion, right? Yeah, I think either Catherine can, can clue you in on these, but um, wh why these are here for us? They are here. H uh, Human Resources requested that they be repealed once and for all. We have um, approved procedures that replace them, and it's important to simply get these off the books so there's no more confusion. Nobody can come running in with these papers saying, hey, but wait a minute. So we just want to make them go away. Um, and we do repeal policies from time to time. Um, uh, w normally when the new ones are, are approved, but this, there was a bit of a time lag here. So we can't no action. take action no, on it? No, it's just a first so read. Yeah. It's a first read, yeah. and uh, it'll come back next month for, for f approval. Any discussion on them, questions, comments? Okay, uh, we are moving on to, gosh, it's already that time at <laughs> board reports, all right. Not yet. Uh, no, we've got one oh, more policy sorry. to look at. Uh, hold on. BP. Our first reading of board policy, BP 3910. Yes, if I may. This came up with regard to the request on plastic bottles. So we pulled the policy, which is currently, the, the last it was revised was in 2013. That's, it was actually new in 2013. So it's due for a review. We brought it to Council of Presidents and to Cabinet, and both groups agreed unanimously that no change was required to this board policy. We do intend to work on procedures for you. And um, so that's where it stands. So. Let me, let me add a little bit sure. to that. This, there was kind of broad discussion, if you remember, that started obliquely with water bottles and then ended up with, can we change the face of the United you know, the Kingdom here? Um, we, so um, my whole thought process was, let, let's take a look at the policy itself. Um, it's a pretty good policy, and it's broad. What we don't have is kind of the attending, as Catherine said, the APs. And there's a lot of APs that would be inclusive of plastic bottles, you know, all the way down to even potentially um, um, the maybe even the kind of you know stewardship we would do in terms of um, I'm trying to think contracting with outside companies or uh, you know there's a lot there. We couldn't this policy can't really handle that load, so it's it's a good broad policy. We'll come in through um, first the Council of Presidents with APs. There'll be a lot of discussion on those, I think, and then we'll start to bring them to you. You're not going to approve them, but you will um, see them here, and we'll make sure that, that um, the conversation is more broad on these since you had all this interest itself. You don't have to agree with this recommendation. 
I mean, so I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to make sure that, you, you know, you're the board. It's up to you to a, a, appreciate where we are or to say, mm, you know, no, we'd like, we'd like staff to come back. So in, in all fairness, that's, that's what we're doing here. I think we could easily get lost in this very quickly, but. I said a quick question. If, if we choose to accept the recommendation that no changes are made, and it's an existing policy, does it come back again? I mean, it, are, it would just go away, right? Second read, it's a first yeah. reading, though. Uh, we would, if, if you're, this is the first read. If, if there are no changes made, I would bring it back and you would ad adopt it or just call it, um, it would just be called reviewed okay. and we made no changes. And then the next review would be in four years or unless we needed to make changes. So generally policies, we like to just have our eyeballs on them every four years, if there, even if there are no changes. It doesn't prevent us from taking particular topics and looking at them. Absolutely not. And, and as we start to come in with, with co our conversations about the a APs, mm -hmm. and you we're not hitting, I don't know. I don't think smoking is going to end up in this because we have a separate policy. But whatever, we're not hitting the kind of things that you want. Then propose it up again, a policy, and we'll take it. We'll take it through the process. And so this may right now, I, this feels right. And it certainly did to the, I don't know, you know, to the council presidents who kind of all weighed in, right? Um, Marty was there, and, and Bob was there as well. And I don't know if you have any any comments on it. No. Good. I don't want to go out on a limb, but I, with regard to resource development, allocation, and use, where does it, like, in terms of, and if I'm going down a rabbit hole, stop me, <laughs> like cups and lids and mm -hmm. stuff at the coffee shop, you know, yeah. straws, things this, like that. Well, the way that it reads right now, it would it would be staff's discretion, and we'll just we'll just use. Um, Bob's discretion, right? Administrative services to say since, and I, I could have fun here, but I won't, Bob. Um, <laughs> but it would be Bob's discretion to look at vendors, look at their price category, and not necessarily say um, this one is more green than this product, right? It doesn't. It's not that prescriptive, but I think this certainly gives him the direction, right, um, to move there. I don't know if that if that's well. Is that? Is that going to be addressed in the administrative policies? I mean, because I understand yeah. we, we can't put detail in here because right. it's kind of outside of our, yeah. you know, the don't buy these cups, and that's outside of our purview. But we'll get to see the APs that you come up with and say, we don't think this is going in the right direction. You could. You, you, don't, you don't get to approve the APs, right. but you could respond to the APs by reintroducing board policy language. And, and, and I think that just goes to boards. Some boards up and down the state are really green. I mean, so they would be, up, you know, this, is, this isn't even remotely cut it, right? I mean, they're coming at you. Um, I, I, think, I, I think it's a good conversation. We'll have plenty. I mean, yeah, this is mean, your because, last shot. Yeah, I, I looked at this, and I said, well, okay, but so what? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, um, exactly. Everybody thinks it's a great policy, but so what? It doesn't do anything. Um, so, but once we see your APs, our, our, our position, or we can express whether we think you're going yeah. in the right direction or, or not, 
<laughs> it's very wide. I mean, I guess you do recognize the value of best environmental and organizational practice not to have water bottles in here, right? So it was, it was fine. It, but almost, you can tuck almost anything under this thing. Yeah. It's so broad. So we really need to, I think, just punk away at all the different aspects. And, and it, it may be that our AP is going to be so long that we're, it's likely we're going to come back to you with other, with maybe some subset policies that really need to be in play. For example, if, if we saw your APs and they didn't address plastic, let's just yeah, say, yeah. we could put a it, policy in that said, we I would just, like to see the college use less plastic. Exactly. exactly <laughs> you know, or right. reduce our plastic by yeah. a certain percentage or something. Yeah. Yeah, you could. Okay. Yeah. Good. So, not, not. it's taken a straw, but we could bring this back as a second reading saying reviewed and yeah it's our our recommend staff's recommendation that you do take it a second reading and we're going to continue to work on AP, AP um, through the council presidents all right can i just say one thing i just want to show you at the last meeting we talked about board policies being moved to board docs so they are now there you would click right here i'm afraid if i do it now what'll happen um, there you are. There's your board policy manual, and here's the procedures, same chapters, and you can search them, put in your keywords up here. This, I included uh, a, one item here, so it kind of describes what board policy is, and if you click on it, it goes a little deeper. And um, uh, there was a question about, let's see if I can find one. So if you, well, nope, that's not a good one. Here's one. So you'll see that the, the codes, these all link to the laws that are associated with the policy. We're still trying to figure out how to get these to cross-reference. Um, so that just went live today, and I haven't had a chance to call her back. Great. Thank you. Well, don't thank me, actually. I worked with a student assistant, and I told him he's getting a big bonus <laughs> this year. It's excellent. <laughs> okay. I do want to give Catherine a shout-out because she's spent quite a bit of time on the I have. It's and organizing this and one of my making things. it all come together. So thank, thank you, Catherine. Okay, sorry, it seems like something small, but oh, it's, it's not. It awesome. was a lot of work. Yeah. Um, all right, now we're moving to item 16, board reports. Uh, standing committee and other appointment reports. I, DAS is coming up. VWT, uh, did you guys meet? We're meeting this month or next month? I'm looking, yeah. Really? I don't know, yeah. It's on your what? sheet. This sheet? I'm looking. Yes. <laughs> DAS is December 10th, right? Is that what, is that what you said? Double check. Uh, all right, here I have it. So DAS is December 10th. We did change that one, so thank you. VWT mm -hmm. uh, next meeting is December 3rd. Okay. Legislative Affairs Committee. Uh, that's kind of... Uh, well, we have, we're still on... Yeah, I don't think we have said anything. We were just kind of waiting. I've got a little blurb that Holly gave me so that I can share. 
Great. Blurb away. Blurb away. Um, so Governor Newsom signed nearly 300 bills into law nice that job. made changes to Ed Code specifically. Um, two of them were the AB 30 and AB 612, which we had uh, supported. And then the only other item is that the legislation legislature is going to return to from recess in January and at that time we will be reconvening our committee either in January or February excellent blurbing thank you uh, all right audit and finance committee next meeting is December 2nd real property nothing there McPherson distinguished teaching Do you have a report on real property yes Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, didn't think you, I didn't think you. I know. Jeez. Man. Oh. All right. And I have an audit and finance report too. So. I can. Oh well, so then go ahead. Go ahead. Let's go in order. Okay. We met yesterday, so we do have another meeting. Um, the, let's see. We uh, yesterday we reviewed the values and assumptions. Is that the right word? And uh, which was going to be on the agenda tonight, but um, it was pulled so that it could go back on the recommendation of the committee led by our student trustee, uh, requesting that we add some uh, some language about uh, technology into that. So, um, and that didn't seem that it was going to have any um, negative effect on the timeline. So that should be coming back to the board in December. And then the other thing that we did was uh, look very briefly at the um, responses to the RFP for the new auditor. And um, we basically just looked at their names. <laughs> and so uh, that meeting in December is going to be actually inviting them to come here so we can they can do presentations and Q&A and, and then we'll be making a recommendation to award that contract. Very important information though, along with the names was their fees. Yes, it was interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> and I apologize for cutting off real property. I assumed, so I'm sorry with the housing update. So. Well, we, we did meet, and we, we actually did have an update on the uh, housing, and you got a lot more this evening, so we'll skip that. But uh, an item that we did discuss at the meeting that I think is important uh, for the board to um, kind of, um, you know, uh, participate in, you know, uh, the committee heard about uh, Mount Veter Farm and just kind of got a little update on that and a little history on how different groups ask uh, about using that property. Currently, uh, I forget the name, Dr. Kraft. Innermost House. Inter innermost House, which uh, uh, Dr. Kraft is on the board, uh, requested or, or inquired about using that for a retreat. Um, day discussion area. Yeah, and, and so there are other groups that in the past have asked about using it, and I think the, the committee kind of agreed that uh, we should ask Dr. Kraft um, uh, to start putting that, uh, the farm, kind of on the, on the front burner in planning to, to get that into the cycle, because there are some um, improvements 
uh, that have to be made for people to be able to use that uh, if we're going to start to allow. And I think we thought it's a good idea to have people use that, especially groups like Innermost House and others that have asked. But it does need some improvement, so that you know obviously implies some financial investment um, and some work out there. So the committee thought uh, that we should um, direct Ron and, and the administration to, to put that into the planning process so that we can understand what needs to be done and, and to make that a usable property. So that sounds good. Um, I, again, not taking action, but does the board feel like that's something that we should Obviously, revisit and bring back. Yeah, definitely. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. Good. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think there's a couple a couple options. We're we're continuing to work on the district and campus master plan, mm -hmm. and also and as part of that, and, and the FMP as well, some updates and project updates for the future, um, some modifications and repair. All of those things will kind of show up as we kind of move through. Um, Mount Vita will certainly be on that agenda list, and we'll up update you on that. Um, How does that, I mean, in terms of insurance and coverage over that, I mean, if we're having folks up there, is there? Well, I think, you know, Bob can probably answer, but, uh, <laughs> you know, if it's a, if it's a college event, our, our garage policy will, will generally cover us. Would cover, yes, that, that's true. So anything that... I mean, it is a district property, and so any use of that property which would fall under either Civic Center Act um, use of the property or a district-sponsored use of the property would be covered under our, under our policy. And is it typical for the, the college to, like many other groups, agencies, when their properties are used to require the user to, to get their own policy? Yeah. Um, so I don't know what it is, but is it is it still a million or is it more or less? It depends on the use, and so um, a, a standard use would be a million. If it's <clears throat> excuse me, use of uh, the ball fields, it would typically be two million mm -hmm. for for that. But uh, yes, we would require that an outside user uh, show proof of insurance and have a rider that shows us as a a uh, as a named. Uh, coverage for that that's a good call I, we, we probably should review it in in terms of thinking about mount vita or other pro, other properties like that It'd be interesting and yeah, we'll do that yeah. i have a question does it have a no, no trespassing sign on it the property i don't the, know that's the reason a, i'm asking is we've been talking about a field trip up to the property and it's not materializing so I want to know if I can take a drive up there and just see this infamous property um, yes well, well there's a couple a couple things we have a, we currently have a caretaker on property and we can arrange you know something for you um, let me think about it for a minute so your no trespassing was can you go yeah exactly you know, I get it yeah and we'll work and, it out and the next I will question work it out is, is Paul G gonna shoot me off the property yeah yeah no we'll we'll work it out for you absolutely we have had over the years a. I think Michael was probably the last. We had a. Was there a full board meeting up there, or or just a subcommittee? We had the entire board up there. Yeah. Yes. So it was I mean, it's not yet in that condition. That was a long but, time ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, a long. It was a while. But it might be something that we want to do on a special, very special, <laughs> right? 
Saturday. Right. Saturday. Uh, oh, yeah. We'll we'll certainly put it out there if you if you'd like. But. Okay. Uh, this whole conversation kind of ties into our uh, next item, sixteen point two, which is the future agenda item requests. And Catherine, can you open that because this has been cleaned up and I've been bouncing around an idea with uh, Dr. Kraft and Catherine about, so some of these are pressing agenda items and some could be covered in like tonight with the uh, athletics report and Dr. Kraft's president's report. Um, so I just wanted to get a little direction from the board if that is uh, something that you guys would like to see if you're all right with that. So example, a field trip up to Bumpy Camp. Doesn't need to be agendized, but um, what's another one? Well, I think, you know, if I can, yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's a, it's a good idea and it's a cross between, the, the thought process is a cross between a staff report and really an agenda item. So if we can, if we can conduct it in a staff report and it's appropriate, then we do, right? So like the environmental policy, for example. Yes, exactly. It, it's going to come back to you, but we really kind of dealt with environmental policy, even though it was an agenda kind of item, through our regular policy review tonight. So it, it, in my in my world, that's we've done that, right? Rather than come back at it again, um, we'll come back at it with APs. Um, I'm trying to think of some other. I guess we did the the sports update. This way, rather than have Bob do the agenda item and come in like they did a couple of years ago or a year ago, um, Faye did. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. And and some things, whatever I send you all, you know, individually or as as a group, is also a public doc, even though it, it's intended for you, you know. So it's written in a more casual way, or sometimes you know, a more direct way. Um, and I'll include things in there that are. Um, Probably not of interest to the general community, but but you have more insight into those things. Um, so we're we're going to try to use all three of those, and then in in our meeting sessions where I meet with you is also cover those things. And and the goal here was not to get this you know endless list of of agenda items we really just can't get to, and they just keep piling up on you. So that's the process that we talk through. Yeah. So big. I mean, smoking policy is a big one, obviously. Some could argue with vaping and everything else, I guess, but campus technology, I mean, that's something that's big and encompassing. So. And that one is coming in December, right? 19th. But still, I mean, I yeah. still obviously let's mm -hmm. keep it going. But. Leave with a exactly. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really happy about doing, uh, you know, items like this. I thought tonight was nice to have the um, athletic report on, on the president's report. Sometimes I, f I feel that we get in, um, uh, I don't want to say a tricky situation, um, but doing everything in the president's report because we don't know necessarily what's going to be on the president's exactly. report. Yeah. Sometimes we know, you know, right when the agenda comes out. Sometimes we know this morning when a uh, report's uploaded. So I just want to be thoughtful in terms of moving those items to a president's report that at least there's some sort of agendizing of the topic so we know what's going to be discussed and the public knows what's going to be discussed. It's a really good point. Very fair. And and I think in terms of um, if we're going to cover I'm looking at Holly and, and Catherine. If we're going to cover it in the President's Report, we, um, we'll make sure that that gets published out earlier 
So, so you know, folk community members or you all will know that it's going to happen there. Yeah, or if details are still waiting so to be formalized, you know, maybe yeah. perhaps in that uh, the cover page yeah, uh, exactly. in that section, just hitting on those topics. It's a, it's there. a great call. Perfect. Yeah. So, is the environmental policy go, ta being taken off because it was addressed through the uh, board policy tonight? Or yeah. Okay. Because that yeah. January nineteenth is throwing me the status. Because yeah, shouldn't it be the twenty? January 20? Okay, thank you, because I was thinking maybe I missed something. Okay, but it'll come back and... Yeah, perfect. So it'll be taken off that list, correct? Okay. This was a way for us to... I think Whistleblower kind of showed up this too. It went out of order. So in essence, you know, I think by Raphael saying, unless can we look at this, we skip to environmental policy rather than kind of waiting its turn. So, and that's very appropriate. It's a good thing. Yeah. But if you wanted to bring back plastics on campus. Yeah. No, are we really talking about plastics? <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait until I see the That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, you did. You have. Right? Yes. Uh, all right. Well, trustee and board chair reports. Let's start with our student trustee, Pablo. Yeah, so. I've just been, I guess, more involved with my other organizations for their club chapters here. So SACNAS is a big one. That's the Society for the Advancement of Chicanos and Native Americans in Science. Um, so with them, I've been reaching out to other chapters, uh, namely Stanford and UC Santa Cruz, to really establish a connection, um, bridging our two chapters, um, exchanging information on how to collaborate with the community, um, how to engage the youth within our community to really focus and pursue a career within science. And so I think that's been really helpful and beneficial for our chapter here in Napa, um, just to get more promotion and um, building relationships with peers, you know, future people of the tech world. So that has been really, really fun. Um, I've been part of the Audit and Finance Committee and the Real Property Committee. I had those two meetings this past month. Um, and that, as I mentioned earlier, as part of Chris's report, I attended the Student Leadership Conference in Sacramento. Uh, and so we're about six months in now as a board um, for the Associated Students. And it's looking really good. I mean, we're going to be setting, we're going to be reviewing our goals for the year to finish off the term. And... I am very hopeful for these next six months. That's it. Thank you, Pablo. Trustee Paldini. No report. Trustee Baker. Um, I realized uh, after I went home that I neglected to mention in, in last month's report that I attended the... We IDA. don't go backwards. <laughs> 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 I went to the IIPI Partnership Resource Professional Development Team meeting, um, just kind of representing the board. Um, so I'm not quite certain just what the events. next step is for that, but I assume I'll be invited to participate. Churchill Manor. And then, let's see, I went to the legislative breakfast and went and saw the Bell of Amherst, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. Hoping to see Matilda this weekend if tickets are still available. And we will be watching Elf at our house. That's standard for while we're putting up the Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Trustee Dodd. 
Thank you very much for the athletics uh, report tonight. I was very encouraging to see how all the teams are doing. It's, in particular, soccer. I'd love to see more announcements on the email just about those games. I, I don't think I've, I've, I don't know if they've been posted, especially since they're going to be in the state playoffs. That would be cool, kind of foster a, a little uh, um, uh, school school pride, yeah, spirit. Um, so I appreciate appreciate what's going on with um, female uh, softball and, and basketball teams that they're going to be fielding a team today. I, I actually was on the website this morning. I didn't see a roster, so I'm like very, very <laughs> encouraged by uh, those developments. Um, I want to compliment the administration in terms of the last PSPS event. I noticed in terms of communication and, and Holly's emails, uh, really uh, um, a dramatic difference between kind of the first round. I thought the first round was, was quite good, and I you know, appreciate it. It was clear to me, at least from a, kind of a third-party position, that um, everyone listened to you know, folks that were speaking uh, about potential issues at the, at the last hearing. So uh, that was, I think, really nice and explaining. What I liked about it is just you're explaining your thought process and how you're going about making this decision. It was really, uh, really appreciated that transparency. Um, was also at the Ledge Breakfast. I think that is the, um, really a, a fantastic event for the college um, and do so well. And I love, I mean, seeing ASV, NVC there, associate students, I mean, just totally knocking out networking, talking with different folks, like what are you, what are you doing? You're talking about opportunities, internships, what are your next steps, what are your goals? It was really positive and really encouraging. That's great. Thank you, uh, Trustee Rios. No report. Trusting okay. off. All right. Um, first of all, I did go to the legislative breakfast as well, and, and it was really wonderful. And I want to thank Dr. Kraft after that. I actually received a tour of the police academy and the library services, and that was really impressive. Um, it's amazing how far this campus has come since I was a student here. So it was, it's, it was pretty nice. I need to thank Faye and Diana, who rescheduled a meeting for our staff. Uh, we had over a dozen um, teachers and staff members attend the meeting to find out about the possibility uh, or the application process to be adjunct faculty here if CCAP classes emerge on our campus. So it was really exciting. People are really enthusiastic and hopeful and inspired about getting you guys all down there and, and becoming really a part of that campus in American Canyon. So it was really nice to see. Um, I also need to thank uh, Dr. Sherry Tennyson. She held a job fair on our campus yesterday. Again, both of these meetings, um, the job fair and the CCAP meeting, were postponed, uh, the first power outage. And thank God the second power outage came before it, they happened. So we had a job fair yesterday. Uh, she had about 15 employers there. Uh, the first hour was strictly for our students, which was really nice. And then it was open to the public for the second hour. And I got a lot of really positive feedback. So I really appreciate the college um, providing uh, our students with that opportunity and our community with that opportunity. And I won't make Matilda, but I'm really looking forward to it. I have my tickets for uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, so I'm looking forward to that. It's coming. It's coming. Thank you. Trustee Segura. Oh, something just very, very small and short. Um, legislative breakfast. Agree with everybody that it's a wonderful event and thoroughly enjoyed all the presentations, especially the lively one from Barbara Nemco and and <laughs> and you know the importance of all community colleges and and how great ours is doing. So. Um, 
I'm wearing a pin of my nephew who passed, and it's pertinent because he was a graduate of the Napa Valley College Cooking School. He went on to um, Chicago on his internship, and he worked at a um, Michelin-starred um, restaurant, and he was an executive chef for special events. So again, you know, wonderful Napa Valley. College. Thank you. I want to thank all of you guys. Uh, great reports, and thank you for this evening. I don't have a report. I do want to mention December 4th, our Napa Valley College Foundation holiday party at Church Hill Manor. Right. Uh, do we? I think that's 5 o'clock. I have a couple other things, too. But I think it's 5 o'clock that evening. Okay. And, and the board is all invited. December 7th, uh, police graduation. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Same time. I didn't get um, anything. You haven't gotten here. those? Yeah. We'll, we'll make sure. Oh, they're coming. I'm, I'm at least looking at mine. Holly, any uh, update, you think? Yeah? You could double check, but if I can take the, take the moment, I, I, you know, you, we've alluded to it a little bit, and, and I do want to call out uh, Holly Dawson, PIO. I mean, a lot of the things that you're seeing on the, on the PSPS, the power piece, you know, a lot of the, the, the groundwork for the ledge breakfast is really due to, you can see, you know, it's, it's visible, you know, having a, a really wonderful PIO on, on board. So thank you, Holly, for that work. You're really remarkable. You know, it's good. Um, I also want to thank Patty and Annie for sitting in today. They're, they both have um, done a song they're going to do for us, I think. Right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but thank you. Um, you know, um, you're, you're always admirable and ready, ready to answer questions. You know, if if there are. So thank you again for you know, sitting through this tonight. Yes, thank you for visiting. Yeah, Patty. They're going to get an early quit tonight. Maybe you should keep them. Yeah, yeah. Just keep it going. <laughs> so what was the name of the song? <laughs> and Oscar is great. I love Oscar, but it's nice to see you here too. And. <laughs> um, also, before we close this evening, I mean, we've had a lot of loss of life. I mean, with Rafael and Rosara's nephew and also the school shooting in Southern California. Um, but this evening, before I want to adjourn this meeting, the moment of silence for Doris Zelinsky, who was, she helped with our health occupations programs and she one of the first deans out there, right? Bob did a lot in growing that, and there is a service for her this Sunday, and it's going to be at Treadway and Wigger at 1 p.m., and there was a link. Did everyone see the, the link that was put together for her? So uh, I want to adjourn this evening in memory of Doris Olinsky and everything that she did for health occupation. So a uh, moment of silence, please. Thank you, guys.